Hi, welcome to Active Minds. I'm Katriel C. Sarfati, and the goal here is to learn from the experience of those who have paved their own path, created their own lanes, followed by exploring how the hell we apply it to our lives, and last but not least, move smarter together. Today I'm joined by Colin, and I'm going to let him fill in a lot of the blanks here, but specifically one of the major reasons why I'm excited to have him here today is that he is finding a way <laughs> most importantly a path forward that a lot of people are looking at him as an inspiration as well as a very cool approach to money almost feels like he's detached himself from money and just focuses on what it actually is for specifically the whole energy transfer there so colin thank you so much for jumping on man thank you man appreciate it of course man uh i got i got a little wrapped up in in watching your stuff uh i'm a little biased because you you go right for the money yeah you money money and it, it it almost seems like you're detached from like you know what i mean like yeah. i need the money yeah you seem just like uh this is the thing and that's what the thing does yeah just a bunch of numbers on the screen <laughs> it's all fake so the the, the theme that we're going to be jumping into for this is going to be calculating dollars and cents and when it comes to that obviously i'm playing i have a pun on the word sense um you talk a lot about business credit yeah. and i i see it a lot but you seem to be one of the only people that are actually using it for investment. You actually had one where you talked about there's like 0% interest, something like that. And you're just letting Uncle Sam essentially pay for your, your Bitcoin mining machines and your, your yeah. companies and so on. Yeah. Uh, why? Yeah, so we basically live in a debt-based system. So all dollars are created, right? So yeah. on our dollars, right, when you pull out a dollar, it says, in God we trust. It should really say, in the Fed we trust. Um, there is no such thing as a reserve currency. There's, there's no backing to yeah. the dollar. So if we live in a debt-based society, why are we not using debt to buy assets that actually are backed by something? You know, you buy a house, that's yours. It's the land, you have the property. Yeah. If that's not backed by a mortgage and you actually own the property outright, it's your property. You have some property now. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that, you know, if you're not using debt in a debt-based society, you're just losing because if you're saving money in dollars in your bank account, um, those dollars are getting inflated away. So if inflation is running rampant and it's eating all of our purchasing power away anyway, why would you not borrow as much money as possible to buy assets and to buy expenses for your business to generate more of this debt? That's true. Uh, and eventually, you know, if you're smart enough, you'll find Bitcoin and start pummeling all your money in there uh, because that is a truly scarce currency with a supply of 21 million. So that's kind of like where my whole head uh, was like spinning when I found Bitcoin. Uh, everything really started to make sense uh, about money. There's this quote that uh, keeps circling back for me in my brain as I was watching your stuff. Uh, it's by Baltasar Gracian, and he says, dreams will get you nowhere, but a good kick in the pants will take you a long way. Yeah. And your whole just, well, you say shtick, so I don't even know if that translates well, but your whole thing is risk, 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 risk. Yeah. You're basically managing risk on a daily freaking basis. So first of all, kudos for not having brain fatigue on that one. Um, but specifically, you know, Something that I would love to dig into, and if you're okay with it, if yeah. you, need, you can't go into certain things, I'll understand. When it comes to mitigating risk, what are some approaches that you're noticing are yielding you awesome results? Yeah, so I would say as far as mitigating risk, uh, number one, never use your own cash flow for your expenses. So if you have a business credit card, um, you can use the bank's money to buy your equipment. You can use the bank's money to pay for your website. You can use the bank's money to pay your employees. 
Uh, and the reason why you want to do this at a 0% intro rate for 12 months is because why spend your own money when dollars get cheaper as time goes on? Ooh. So imagine if you're spending, you know, $1,000, but you don't have to pay it back for 12 months. By the time you have to pay that $1,000 back, your purchasing power is more money and the dollars cost less to pay back. Mortgage is basically a short on the dollar. So when you take out a mortgage for 30 years, you are betting against the dollar going down, your purchasing power going up from income, what? and the asset is raising in price. So you're basically just shorting the US dollar by taking out a mortgage, and all that new money is created out of thin air too. So uh, when you take out a mortgage, the bank is not just saying, okay, let's get together $350,000 for this guy's house. Yeah. No, they press a button and they create brand new money. And then on that new money, they now make an interest rate, 3.5%. Now it's at 6%. They make that money over the 30 years you pay it back, and that's their profit. But they didn't have to take out the 350 grand. Yeah. That's just a button they press, and that's the capability they have for being a, you know, a federally licensed bank. Um, same with uh, student loans and all that stuff. So once you understand this, risk becomes a lot easier to mitigate. Okay. Because you understand that all dollars are basically created out of thin air. So you think, okay, how do I uh, increase my purchasing power? Mm -hmm. How do I save my purchasing power uh, with the wealth I've created? So you start a, let's say you start, you know, an online business. You make $10,000 a month. What are you going to do with that $10,000 to preserve that wealth? You have to preserve your spending power. So how do you do that? You can reinvest it back in your business and hope you make more dollars from the investments you made. Or if you want to do maybe save half of that for a future date to buy you some time preference in the future, you could put that in something like Bitcoin because you know it has a scarce supply or something like gold because it's also you know very scarce. There's 2% more of it created, I think, every year. Um, but then again, you know, it's better than unlimited amounts of dollars you know, that are being printed through the system. Huh. So, Well, okay, you can't just brush past what you just fucking said, dude. You said a mortgage... Is you betting against the dollar? <laughs> yeah, uh, dude, explain to me like I'm five. What? Yeah, yeah. So basically, um, when you take out a loan for a house, like a mortgage, uh -huh. you are basically betting that your house is going to increase in value over time. Okay. Because of inflation, they have to keep that two percent a year for the entire system to, to keep up and work. True, true. So you're betting that that's going to keep going up. So the value of your house over time is going to go up, and the value of the dollar is going to go down because you're paying back those dollars over time. And over time, the oh. dollars are getting cheaper and cheaper to pay back every single year because of how much inflation there is. So when they inflate the dollar, yeah. the purchasing power goes down of the dollar, your assets go up. So you're basically just saying, okay, I'm gonna long my house and short the dollar with this mortgage. I wonder if Jerome Powell is gonna watch this podcast. <laughs> I hope so. Because that man is just pressing that button I mean, all the time. He knows, man. He's got a net worth of $130 million. <laughs> like the guy knows what he's doing, but he's he's got the most, uh, you know, probably the most stressful job in the world. I mean, I feel bad for the guy. I mean, it's it's showing on his face right now. Oh yeah, he's aging he's, quick. Yeah, he's over there like asking questions like, uh, yeah, uh, this poor fella. Uh, but yeah. you also touched on something when it comes to your your interpretation is what's interesting to me because I know I, I sound like a broken record in this conversation. It's like you, you almost attach the idea of money. And, you know, in one of the previous conversations I had with someone else, they were talking about like, oh, you know, anyone who tells me that money doesn't make doesn't buy happiness is probably full of shit. Yeah. Okay. Um, but when you talk about, hey, I'm going to take half, I'm going to put it into savings, I'm gonna yeah. take half, buy some Bitcoin. 
that takes a certain type of perspective. Yeah. Or as the cool kids say now, mindset. Um, but what are you seeing, right? Maybe you already know somebody like this. Yeah. What's usually stopping some from somebody from taking your advice? Yeah, they just have a short time preference. Um, so, you know, they're 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 looking for short term fulfillment. Um, so when you have a low time preference, that means that you respect the future. You believe in the future. You believe that, you know, Ooh. you're going to have more opportunity then. So mm -hmm. you want to save for the future. Yeah. When you have a high time preference. You are like, OK, uh, everything's risky in life right now. <laughs> yeah. Like I got to spend this money, which honestly, you know, the, the world has set us up to live in a high time preference because we can't trust our governments. There's freaking lockdowns all the time. Our money's being inflated at 10, 20 percent inflation, probably yeah. if we're looking at the real rate. Um, so yeah, everyone is basically living in a high stress, high time preference society. Mm. Uh, so, you know, you're, you're going out on the clubs on the weekend to blow off some steam. Uh, you're buying drugs, tobacco, uh, you're watching porn, like all of this stuff has to do with high time preference thinking. So yeah. high time preference thinking, uh, creates short term fulfillment activity. Uh, whereas low time preference thinking is okay. You know what? Like I'm gonna, I'm gonna have uh, a good life in the future. I have the next uh, 50, 60, 70 years to, you know, preserve for. And those kinds of people are hitting the gym. Those kinds of people are eating healthy. Yeah. Those kind of people are drinking good quality water. They're saving in Bitcoin because they respect <laughs> their time. They have a, a low time preference. They don't care if the time passes by because they know that they have the future to look forward to. Fuck yeah. Dude, I, I, that, well, that, gave me, that got me going. You know, because uh, one thing I've, I've loved since I've moved here, uh, you and I are both from the Northeast. You're from Jersey. I'm from Brooklyn. Mm -hmm. And, <laughs> dude, there are some six-year-olds here, seven-year-olds that they give me life. Yeah. Like, you just see them driving a nice car. They're fit. Yeah. They look amazing. Yeah. You know, it, it, actually, one guy comes to mind. He is 67 years old. He makes us look like chumps. His wife is, like, two years younger than him. She looks like she's 30-something. Um, so on that one, I 100% I agree it takes a certain sort of optimism so sure. less chicken little and then back to the first thing you said is like you know short term stuff uh, it reminds you of something called a hedonic treadmill um basically it's almost like i hope i don't get in trouble it's almost like you're a crackhead mm -hmm. for like oh, i need that rush i need that rush i yeah. saw for pornhub just because you mentioned porn pornhub the average visitor is there for less than seven minutes mm. so it's like you're not there to get laid you're there to get high yeah it's quick fix it, exactly so yeah. I can definitely see that being a, a horrible problem. And it almost sounds like you're saying, shit, the real problem is just impulse. Yeah. You, you're impulsive as fuck. Yeah. Well, the real problem is the money. The money is the root of all problems. Uh, really? Our money is the problem of everything in society and the world. Really? The, I think it makes you more honest. Well, I, no. I think money, like the actual root of money. What is money? The right? king of Lydia told everybody, instead of beans, I'm, you're going to take this gold coin from me. Yeah. So money right now is is completely broken. Like money is controlled by 12 people in a room right now in the Fed. Okay. That is money. Money yeah. is paper currency that has an infinite supply. So if the money is corrupt, then everything that everyone does on a daily basis is basically trying to you know, figure out this corrupt world and this corrupt playing field of how can I get more of this money mm -hmm. to survive? Whereas if money was ran, you know, completely decentralized, didn't have a central power, didn't have, you know, 12 people uh, in a room taking control and, and saying, hey, you know, this is how much we're going to create. This is who gets to spend it. Um, you know, th these are the countries we're going to support. Mm -hmm. We just need a money that operates on its own without a person. So it's 
uncorrupt. And once you have uncorrupt money, the whole thing trickles down. And then you have uncorrupt people. People have low time preference because their money's not being inflated away anymore. You know, you can actually save in your bank account and not do anything with it. Nothing's going to happen. You're going to preserve your purchasing power. When's the last time you got to actually just save money in a bank? Never, like literally you haven't been able to do that since, I don't know, uh, before when we were on the gold standard was probably the last time in like before 1972. So uh, I think if we fix the money, we fix the world. And the first thing we have to do is, you know, adopt a new currency, a new global reserve currency, which in my opinion, I think Bitcoin is the only bet we have right now. So I'm going to, I'm going to pull on that. Uh, And I appreciate the fact that we come from two different approaches. Yeah. Um, because on my side, you said fix the money, fix the world. Um, I, and my perspective has taught me that change the incentives, mm. change the outcomes. Yep. Um, and so I'm 100% agree with you there on that one. And another thing that you really started to like really elaborate on is Bitcoin is an interesting animal for several reasons. And all these gurus that have popped up have been intriguing to say the least. Mm. Um, but specifically, I don't know if you want to, if you're okay getting into it, but like when I saw like Celsius and Coinbase, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> it didn't look decentralized to me. So the first thing that my brain taught me was, okay, if I have, if I hold Bitcoin in a certain way, yep. in terms of what I've learned so far, yep. and then I looked at how Solana works and all that stuff, yep. it's like, well, okay, if it's mine, it's mine. But if it's on like, I don't know, Robinhood, if it's on like Cash App, if it's on Coinbase, that's not decentralized no no there's only one way to really do it and you have to take custody of your own bitcoin and all the other things are shit coins so solana um coinbase is a shit coin casino that's what yes. i like to call it so basically uh bitcoin is being delayed right now i think bitcoin is inevitable no mm-hmm. matter how many different things we throw at it with all these altcoins and all these distractions it's going to happen we're just making it take a lot longer because of ethereum because of solana because of xrp because of all these shit coins it's all these vcs coming into the crypto space because it's completely unregulated and they false market all these shit coin projects yeah. and they get all this money into it and then they rug pull everyone and then they take all the money oh that's that's exactly that. what's happening and it's fine they don't get any there's no uh, consequences because it's an unregulated market right now now. And they're doing this fast because in the next four years, the SEC right now is investigating Coinbase. You have, you know, all these different uh, shit coins that are under fire with the SEC. They're calling them securities. They're investigating for securities. Basically, Coinbase is a uh, security casino. Like they are just selling securities to everyone that are unregistered. Um, so it's just it's a total nightmare right now. But back to your question, the only thing that I do mm-hmm. is I just buy Bitcoin and I self custody it. So no there one can touch it. Yeah, get it off the exchange right away. There's yeah. no third party that's in control of my money. Um, so what I do is I, I use a multi-signature configuration. Okay. So that's when you use basically uh, multiple wallets and you have to have two of three of them uh, sign the transaction to move your money around. So even if you came to and found wherever one of my wallets is and you grab one of my wallets and even knew the password, there's nothing there. There's no Bitcoin in there. You have to then find my other wallet. You have to sign them together on a platform and then you can move my Bitcoin around and then you can take my Bitcoin. That feels so, old school, like the safety deposit. It box. is. It's, it's actually a thing that happened like 3,000 years ago uh, or like some 
really far away <laughs> date. Uh, and it and it was like uh, you have to have two of the three keys to open the box. And so they would give the two keys to different people, and they would be these trusted like advisors of like the king or whatever. And then they would bring the two people together. Then they would unlock the yeah. box with the two keys, and then you'd be able to get your stuff. So it's the same exact thing. And once you hold your Bitcoin like that, you self custody. Um, there's only 21 million Bitcoin. Um, yes, in dollar terms, they change all the time, but it's scarce. Like it is running out over time, mm -hmm. and eventually the dollar price is not going to matter. And basically, you are insuring yourself against credit risk and credit falling apart in the United States with Bitcoin. So, so you're saying Bitcoin's still a thing. Keep 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 basically keep going is what you're saying. Yeah, I just think there's so many distractions right now. All you have to know is that money is being inflated into infinity. We're either going to have hyperinflation or, you know, some major collapse is going to happen eventually. There's never been a fiat currency in human history that has survived more than 100 years. And we're right at the 100 year mark. And what <laughs> makes this it. any different? There is no difference. It's going to collapse. So, I mean, they can just keep delaying and delaying as long as they want. The boom and bust cycles are just going to get greater and greater. You had 2008, you had 2020, but now we pumped another $20 trillion since then. We're going to have a major collapse like at some point. So we can pay, play these boom and bust cycles. If, if you know how to navigate the boom and bust, you can make a shitload of money by buying the bottom, selling the top. But most people don't know how to do that. You have to be a trade to know you know when to sell and and most traders even get it wrong too so what i do is i literally just use probably 60 percent of my income to buy bitcoin yeah i save it in a in a self-custody uh configuration like i said it's offline no one can touch it i don't touch it i i don't spend it and uh, i think in the next 10 years i'll i'll have enough money for the rest of my life because you're playing the long game here yeah i don't play any short game i don't sell uh shit coins i don't dabble in anything else i just stick to bitcoin i have a little bit of real estate and i just focus on cash flow and that's it and i, I don't make you know 10 million dollars a month i don't make anything like that extravagant i don't really need to because i believe that the way i'm saving my money mm -hmm. in the hardest money of all time is going to do the work for me making your money work for you but it actually in practice not just you know yeah. the theory of bitcoin's working for me yeah nice yeah. uh when it comes to you know your approach to i mean creating money out of thin air essentially yeah um i also noticed that you dabbled in in watches which is an alternative asset yeah and it almost seems to follow the same theme i'm, a, I'm slightly familiar with the process yeah I, I love timepieces myself yeah. um but as you got into that field do you notice any patterns yeah as in like that, you know, watches and different yeah. asset classes. It's just a boom and bust once again. I mean, watches right now are extremely scarce. They're like, you know, Lamborghinis are going over sticker. Watches <laughs> are going over yeah. MSRP. You can't get on the wait list for two years, you know, it, yeah. it take uh, Rolex or AP or any of them. So what I did is I saw, okay, you know, watches are a scarce asset right now. Um, just like altcoins and just like Bitcoin and just like stocks, everything was just going up because the money printers were turned on. Yeah. You know, interest rates are at zero. I'm like, okay, let's, let's go make some money in watches. Like you can pick whatever assets you want. I'm in Bitcoin. I already have, you know, six, seven X returns on that. Uh, my real estate's doing great. So I love watches. I've always wanted to get uh, a couple of them. And I figured, you know what? I got a couple million dollars in Bitcoin. Why don't I just leverage my Bitcoin, take out a Bitcoin back loan mm -hmm. and then buy these highly appreciating watches. Um, and I'm not going to lie. The trade I did on my, I had a Patek Philippe 5712 1A. Uh, and that was like my dream watch. I've always wanted one. And at the time, MSRP, I think... I, I don't know. They're like 35K, but market price, they're going for like 120 at the time when wow. I bought mine. 
So I bought mine for 119, uh, took out a Bitcoin back loan on Celsius, which collapsed, uh, but at 1% interest. Uh, I bought the watch cash 119K. I think I put up like six Bitcoin or something to take out that loan. Wore the watch for three months. It appreciated to like 160. Uh, I made 40 grand in three months and then I sold the watch and then paid the loan off and profited 40K. Yes. Yeah. So, so that was my first trade. And then these ones, I honestly just bought cash and they're down money. <laughs> um, <laughs> so like, they're stupid. Like I would not recommend going and buying watches at market value right now because they're just way overvalued, just like everything else. Yeah. One of my buddies works out that well, he, he does the sales for Lambo Paramus. It's funny you mentioned Lambo. Yeah. And uh, just the other day we were on the phone and he's like, dude, this person is trying to negotiate with me. I'm like, oh, like, what's the price? He's like, well, we're at about 96 over sticker. Oh my God. What? Yeah, yeah, exactly. What? Exactly. And it's then stupid. like, and then they have to wait like months yeah, to get the fucking car. It's so stupid. Yeah, I, uh, I don't recommend doing anything in watches or cars um, unless you really know that like it's a specific model that's going to keep climbing. But yeah. in this environment with, you know, the Fed tightening and interest rates raising, mm -hmm. it's just a horrible time to be in assets. So speaking of the asset class, so um, one thing that stuck out to me, at least from my the, my background here, is coming forth and his is going to mesh well here, is that so right before the last boom, one of the things that I looked at in terms of looking at the cars, cars, you <laughs> the auto uh, market as an asset class was this. Behavior has taught me, especially for economics, is that the longer the denial stage lasts. So denial stage is like, okay, we start to see, uh-oh, down quarter, down quarter, down quarter. There's a denial phase. And the first thing that happens is that businesses that over, were over leveraged or kept borrowing will borrow more. And then that, that, that phase between, ah, shit, and let me borrow some more, the longer that denial stage lasts, the bigger the fucking just explosion of it all. So one of the things that I did during 05, 06, 07, um, long story short, because of the denial phase, I started looking at luxury used, right? And I looked at the ones like Beamer, uh, Lexus, and so on. And I would just buy them, Arizona, New Mexico. I was going over there just paying cash, hand over fist, and I was getting them shipped over here to Doral. And guess what happened as soon as the denial phase started? The first thing that happens is that you go from driving like, I don't know, like a brand new Beamer to, okay, maybe I should scale back. Let me get one that's like four, three, five years old. And dude, that's where I made the bulk of my money was on flipping those cars. Wow. Because like an S-Class, you can buy it well back then and make a $25,000 profit just shipping it up north to New York. Wow. Because as soon as the, 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 the whole thing burst, the, mm. the hardest thing to do is get you know, loans, mm. get access to more credit and so yeah. on. I mean, no one's gonna pay 18% on a car loan, right? Yep. So what they do is they just get a used car. Yeah. The best one they can get, they can get for their money. So like yeah. S-Classes, LS, Lexus LS, I, I can go down the list. Those cars were selling like hotcakes. Yeah. And I, it's funny because it just happened again right now. You saw some used car values go up by like over 40%. Mm -hmm. And so that's how I picked mine. I just saw it as like, it's people are not gonna get out of their habit. Yeah. You picked watches, why? Uh, I, I love them. I think they're beautiful. Uh, <laughs> I've always been obsessed with watches, not yeah. so much cars. I mean, I know like a lot about cars. I know all the models and everything, uh, but I don't have a car. I, I bought a Range Rover and I sold it after like a month. I just don't like driving in the city. Um, <laughs> and, and yeah, for watches, I mean, they're still, yeah, even though this watch is down, I mean, it's still a good asset. It's not, it's not dropping by 40%. I mm -hmm. think it's down like 10% or something. Um, but if you bought a watch at MSRP sticker price, 
uh, you're you're up no matter what. Like if you're on Rolex's list as a client, and they call yeah. you, they say, "Hey, your you know your day date's ready." Okay, awesome. You buy it. Literally the day you purchase that watch, it's up sixty percent. And but you're not supposed to sell it. Like you're like to be honest. Like the the ideal thing with watches, if you're a true you know uh, a watch collector. You don't want to, you know, dabble with the trading, really. You just want to have the relationships with all the dealers, AP, Rolex, Paddock, mm -hmm. Richard Mill. And, you know, you get on their list, you get the the watches at sticker, and then you just collect them. Even though they're up, you know, that much money, it's, it's a good thing to have just in case, you know, everything goes to shit, your business fails, whatever, your real estate's down. Those watches are, are cash, basically, you know, they're, they're very yeah. liquid. So, yeah, I, I love watches. I think they're great. So when it comes to, you know, your, your process here, obviously we went a little bit into like asset class and so on. Yeah. Is there a, an asset that you walked into, maybe tried it out and it was just like a cataclysmic just fail? Um, so I, it's funny story with Bitcoin. I actually got in, uh, at the COVID crash. So it was in March, 2020, we had the liquidity crisis. Bitcoin dropped to like 4k and I had just started to look at Bitcoin before that. Uh, I think Bitcoin pre-crash was at like seven or 8K or something. So still really good prices. And it dropped down to 5K and uh, I bought five of them at 5K. So 25 grand, I bought five Bitcoin uh, and I knew nothing about it. I had not a clue what it was. I just thought it was like all these different cryptos. I think Bitcoin's the biggest one. I'll just buy that. Mm -hmm. So I bought it uh, and then stocks crashed shortly after, I think at the end of the week, S&P bottomed. So I was like, oh my God, like this was all my cash. Like that. I just started making money back then with my businesses. So I dumped everything I had in the Bitcoin, but then my dad and his financial advisor was like, Colin, this is the perfect time to get in the markets. So I sold the Bitcoin, I bought the S&P and uh, I, I let it sit in there for a little bit and I started taking some time to really study Bitcoin and stocks and what the best possible asset class to invest in was. Uh, and I came to my conclusion after like two weeks that it was Bitcoin. So I, I lost out on that little from like 5K to 7K. I could have had a pretty decent gain, but I started buying back with all, I sold all my stocks, got all my money again, <laughs> and went right back into Bitcoin at around 7K. And since then I have not stopped buying. Whoa, 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 wait, wait. If you're watching this and enjoying it, press pause for a second, go to active mindsclub.com again active mindsclub.com here you will have membership access to our exclusive networking events as well as behind the scene access to our guests where you yourself can ask them questions not to mention at these events and in the community you're going to have access to the very mentors that are here sitting with us as well as many many more that are doing cool things in stocks marketing cars real estate where we're going to have you have access to education insights how-tos, all things that you can apply to your life and business. Um, so yeah, I think like when it comes to assets and it comes to building wealth, I disagree with diversification. I think the richest people in the world did not diversify and that's why they're here. You go all in on what you believe on. And then later on, you know, after you've built significant wealth, if you want to diversify, you can. With me, I went all in on Bitcoin, you know, when I had full conviction at around 7K and I bought from then all the way up to 65K, I bought a full Bitcoin at 65K. Wow. Um, and I hold all my losses. Like I don't, I don't, you know, it's a, once again, it's long term. So yeah, it's on no, paper. yeah, no one has ever lost money holding Bitcoin for five years, and that's still true to this day. So, even the people who bought it at the top at sixty five k are going to look like geniuses come twenty twenty five. So, 
Um, you just have to stick with it long term with any asset class, and I say just go all in with what you believe in. Why 2025? I know why my for me <coughs> my number is 2026. Yeah. Uh, why 2025? Yeah. So there's a Bitcoin having uh, in 2024. So every four years there's a having the supply the new supply gets cut in half, mm -hmm. uh, and then every 12 to 18 months precedes a have uh, a bull market every single nice. time. So you know in 2020 in May of 2020 we had the having. Yeah. That's right when I started buying, and then usually 12 to 18 months later a bull run precedes, and that's exactly what happened. So this is how uh -huh. you time the markets uh, with Bitcoin. This okay. how you time Bitcoin in the past. I mean the past can't tell the future, but it rhymes so um <laughs> if you do want to you know lever up and do what i did where i took out bitcoin back loans to buy more bitcoin mm -hmm. i did that in the start of a bull market so if you took out a bitcoin back loan at sixty-five thousand, when the fed just started to reverse course yeah or at 69k in november that would be the absolute worst time to lever against your bitcoin because now the fed is raising interest rates there's no more money printing they're tightening Everything crashes Damn. down, you're over leveraged, you get liquidated. That's what happened with Celsius, CFI, all that stuff. So if you want to lever up, if you want to take more risk, you have to know the boom and bust cycles and when they're starting and when they're stopping. So right now, this is the worst time to lever up. Uh, and the best time is right when they turn on the money printer again. So when you see that they're doing either yield curve control, they're doing uh, quantitative easing, that is when you want to start taking out loans and putting all your money back in assets. Right now, cash is king uh, because the Fed is is making it king. And then once um, assets are going up again, you'll know uh, when they start doing quantitative easing. That's when you put all your cash in assets. How would we know? Where do I look? You just go literally on Twitter, yeah. uh, Bitcoin Twitter, <laughs> uh, FinTwit, uh, and follow like people like Preston Pish is one of my favorites. They have the Investors Crypto Podcast. Crypto pretty bad, badass. Crypto Whale. Yeah, I've heard of him. Yeah. Um, but yeah, basically, I mean, these people will tell you like, okay, uh, this is what happening at the Fed meeting today. They you know, were hawkish or they were dovish. And that's how you kind of can determine where the market's going to go. Yeah. And these people just tell you what they're doing with their money. And these guys are making hundreds of millions of dollars, you know, trading altcoins. Bitcoin, sure. whatever. So I find all my info on there. And now that I learn the signals of the Fed, uh, I know when assets are going to go up or when they're going to go down. Now, I, I, hmm, how do I how do I word this? Yeah. Let's say the person that that watches this as they're watching it, they're like, well, Bitcoin, eh, maybe cars, mm, well, watch whatever. What are how would you approach like what is an, an asset class right now that you're seeing that we're probably not paying enough attention to yourself <laughs> okay how yeah. so yeah i mean everyone's thinking what's the best passive income stream yeah all the uh, time. what's you know what's the best way to make 10 grand with only 20k saved it's all bullshit. you're not going to make a ton of money with say, 10k 20k you're, yeah, I mean, you need to focus on yourself first and make active income. Mm -hmm. Once you make enough active income and you've invested in your brand, which obviously is probably the best investment of all time today because it gives you so much autonomy um, and so much freedom. Like you can pivot into whatever you want to do if you have credibility on a personal brand. True. That's a massive asset right there. So that gives you income alone, just having that asset. Um, you can even make it passive. You know, if you're an affiliate, you have affiliate marketing, whatever. Yeah. Um, I would say the biggest asset to invest in right now in a bear market is yourself. 
there's no better return. Uh, you can return higher returns than Bitcoin even. Um, you know, the returns are just whatever you want to make them. So I think invest in yourself, personal development, build your personal brand. And uh, yeah, you're going to not regret it. You talked about not too long ago about like the five things that you are so happy you invested in. And one of them, of course, you were talking about literally like yourself. You yeah. got like meal prep. Yeah. You had like a video team. Like what, what were the other ones? Yeah. Um, I think uh, definitely my team. I have a COO. So I have a chief operations like officer who basically builds out my websites. My funnels will, you know, handle all my email support for all my businesses. Mm -hmm. So someone like that to take all the load off me with that stuff. That's great. Uh, yeah. Camera team content editing. Uh, I have like two different teams, one for leverage lifestyle that chops up like interview styles, mm -hmm. uh, of my Wednesday live calls. And we post like two a day on Instagram. Nice. Uh, and then I have a YouTube team. I have a YouTube C SEO guy that, you know, helps change the titles and get the right thumbnails to grow my audience. So yeah, I mean all these little, you know, tweaks that you have to make, uh, are going to make massive differences. And as you make money, think about yourself as the best investment number one uh, before you're investing in Bitcoin, before you're investing in real estate. Uh, I would put that money back into yourself. And then when you get to a certain point when you're happy with, okay, I'm making $100,000 a month right now, kind of on autopilot, maybe then you can take some of that money, buy a house or buy a Bitcoin. Uh, but I wouldn't even recommend buying Bitcoin literally unless you're just doing like a dollar cost average of like, I don't know, 10 bucks a day or something just to have a little safety net. Uh, I would only be investing in your until you hit a benchmark of like 10k a month at least so the foundation is definitely important to go over because something that i ca i keep seeing when anyone watches anything like what you post or talk about is like mm. well that's fucking easy of course you got it yep. but did you always have the money fuck no i was 50k in debt three years ago what yeah oh shit yeah i uh i graduated from U university of arizona um i was really struggling with drugs alcohol um, I was working at a corporate job selling payroll, making like 39 grand a year. And that uh, explains the, the drugs and alcohol. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you exactly. You need it on a Friday. Yeah, I wanted that. the short term fulfillment was all the fulfillment I had. I didn't I didn't love what I did. I didn't like the people I, I was around. I was uh, depressed. Um, so, yeah, one day I just, you know, just had enough. What I was did. your last day at, at work like? Uh, it was it was actually. I got a call from my VP and they found out that I was doing stories on Instagram about other businesses like real estate. Uh -huh. And like, I was starting to venture into, you know, wholesale knocking doors, trying to flip contracts. Oh, nice. Um, I was helping people grow their social media accounts. Like I did a, a growth campaign on my account mm -hmm. while I was working at my job. I went from like 1500 followers to like 30 K in like a week or something. Nice, so all dude. my people at work were like, what the fuck is Colin doing? <laughs> like, why is he doing this? What is he talking about real estate? And this is during like work hours because uh -huh. I was like outside sales. So they called me. They're like, Colin, you got to come in. Um, you know, what, what's going on with the Instagram? And I'm like, well, I told you I wanted to be an entrepreneur. That's like my main goal. And he's like, well, you just got promoted to the CPA centric. You're getting higher bonuses. Um, like, what's the deal here? I'm like, well, you know, I, I want to be able to be, be able to do both. And he's like, you got to pick one right now. And I was like, well, I'm going to go with the entrepreneur route. And uh, he was like, well, I just want to let you know, you weren't leaving here without a job today anyway. And I was like, great. Put my laptop down and I walked out 50 grand in debt. I had like 20K in student loans. I had a $20,000 personal loan and I had $10,000 in credit card bills. Uh, and I just hustled every single day from that day on. And yeah. Wow. Talk about, wow. <clears throat> Jesus Christ. Yeah. And, and 
fuck you know what's the it's so relatable to a lot of people yeah. like you know what was it like over 70 percent of americans don't even have a thousand in their in their savings account i didn't um and and it's weird too because i mean if you go on twitter online it seems like everybody's making six figures yeah <laughs> these days yeah but the damn dude that that i definitely can appreciate where you're coming from when it comes to that especially because a lot of the pushback tends to come along the lines of like must be nice must be easy yeah I used to say it too. I mean, I all I wanted was that person's life without doing the work. I just I saw oh, the pictures. Fuck. I saw you the came jets. Out swinging. You talking saw, shit now, dude? I saw the cars. <laughs> and no, I'm talking shit about myself, my old mentality. Like yeah. I literally used to look at the pictures of people I looked up to and say, "Fuck, that would be so nice. I want that, but I don't want to do any of the work to get there." And that's just not how life works. And once you no. realize that you got to create everything yourself, you could have it all. But you got to have both sides of the stick. You got to have the fucking grind, the hustle, the losses, the failures. And then you got to also take in, obviously, and appreciate your wins, celebrate, and, you know, have all, all the success. And you're not getting one without the other. So so one thing that stuck out to me, it's it's <coughs> anecdotal because it's it's only like a handful of uh, economists that did this. But they, they look at the they looked at the hours worked by those that are high wage earners and low wage earners. And there was only a four hour difference, which is wild. Yeah. So high, uh, high earners were doing like 42.4 hours a week, whereas low wage earners were doing like 38-ish, 37-ish. Yeah. Um, and when you see that, obviously, it was awesome too, because like the people's response to it was so cliche. Yeah. They, were, they went to defend, like, no, there must be something wrong with this. Yeah. Yeah. But specifically, uh, it's about working smarter, yes. But also another thing that I, I love every time I meet someone like you yeah. is you work just as hard as any other person that is doing well, but also that is overworked and underpaid. Mm. But it seems like you're focusing on different things. Exactly. That's a pattern I keep noticing. Yeah, it's all so, it's all about the priority. Uh, yeah. And those people are also trading their time for money. Um, so when you don't trade your time for money anymore and you don't take a, a paycheck, then you're not a slave anymore. Um, and so, that's why you were doing those videos and doing yeah, your side hustle. to break out of the, the chains, to, to break out of slavery. Do you think that you're working, do you think that you, at that time, thinking back to those days, what were you working harder on? What required the most energy out of you? Was it the day job or the side hustle, the, the wholesaling? Oh, the day job, even if I just sat in the desk mm -hmm. uh, and looked at Instagram and Twitter, I, my energy was drained from the moment I got there. So I could be, you know, literally get out of there and then uh, work six hours on real estate and studying and buying courses mm -hmm. and just ch going online and trying to learn shit. My energy was, you know, up here because mm -hmm. I like that stuff. So when you pour mm -hmm. into the things that you enjoy, yeah. oh my God, you know, your your energy and the amount of money you can make and your, uh, you know, time preserved in that in that period is like a hundred times greater. Because sure. you're you're putting in more, you're more efficient with your time, because you know you actually like it, so you're you're able to just operate better. Um, and yeah, for me, I mean, I think the the work just absolutely drained me. So it was a blessing when I I got fired. Um, <laughs> I was trying to milk it as yes. long as I could. Yeah, I was trying to just take because it was an easy paycheck. I was you know outside sales, so I could just kind of slide in and slide out. Mm -hmm. And uh, and yeah, but once I got to devote all my energy into my own thing and I burned the boats and didn't look back like, man, I made like 10 grand my first month on Instagram, uh, wow. right, right out of my job. So you do have other stuff besides what we talked about, which is like your, your, your crypto, your watches, you, Bitcoin, not crypto. 
Bitcoin. Crypto, crypto is <laughs> where bad, everyone goes wrong. Bad. Yeah. Um, what else is right now getting you, like, what are you excited about right now that you're working on? Yeah. Um, so I'm really excited about my Bitcoin mining company. <laughs> Back to Bitcoin again. <laughs> uh, but basically, I have three different businesses right now. So I have a, a company called Leverage Lifestyle. It's a coaching community. Uh, we have over 1,100 members, and we teach people how to build an online business from scratch. Um, so basically anyone who was stuck feeling how I was three mm -hmm. years ago, if I had that program back then, I probably would have, you know, been able to have success even faster. Uh, it gives people a community. It teaches them the different high income skills you can learn. Uh, talks a lot about credit, building your personal brand, traveling for free, um, passive income and Bitcoin. Uh, so those are kind of the five pillars we talk on. And then we have live speakers come in every single week. Uh, so we have like over 80 calls right now, uh, all recorded on there as well. Uh, the second business I own, a, I co-own an e-commerce company. Uh, and then the third business is a Bitcoin mining company. Uh, this is the newest one. I started in February with one of my best friends from my hometown in New Jersey. And it's really cool because we actually uh, are using industrial power uh, in New Jersey in a power plant uh, at my friend's dad's nice. business. Um, so they get four cents uh, per kilowatt energy. Uh, so that's really, really, really cheap, especially for New Jersey. Like it's impossible to get that. Yeah. You better hide that location. <laughs> yeah. So, so we basically took real, yeah, we took advantage of that. Um, we partnered in February. We just crossed, uh, I think $600,000 in revenue. We have about 30 clients right now. Uh, and yeah, I mean, basically what we do is we automate Bitcoin mining. So you don't have to buy your own miner. Uh, you don't have to learn about immersion cooling and all the efficient ways to run your miner. Mm -hmm. Um, you literally just buy a Bitcoin wallet. We educate you on the best wallets, not Coinbase, not BlockFi. <laughs> none of these ones that are going to steal your Bitcoin. We teach you the phrase, not your keys, not your coin. So, you know, we get you not a ledger. Your keys, not your coin. I yeah. like that. We get you set up on ledger or, you know, Trezor, one of the, the cold wallets that truly you would own your Bitcoin. You give us your Bitcoin wallet address. You pay us an upfront fee. We allow you to pay on credit. So you're converting dollars, fiat trash into nice. Bitcoin over a four-year period. Uh, and yeah, we have four-year contracts, um, 110 terahash for 12 and a half K right now because Bitcoin's down a lot. Yeah. Uh, so miners you can get like at $5,000 right now. And we also bundle in our energy and our setup costs, everything into one. Mm -hmm. So you pay one time and then you have a four-year mining contract on our miners uh, and you just get paid out over time. Uh, you can see everything 100% transparent uh, in our slush pool. Uh, and you can see when your next payout is, every single block reward that you've won. Um, so it's a great way to you know convert dollars into Bitcoin without just buying it through an exchange. I, I almost feel like I forgot to ask you about this, dude. Yeah. Um, you, first of all, you leverage business credit like a lot. Yeah. Um, and it's, at least in my experience, what I, I keep coming across is uh, a lot of here's how to do business credit, step one, step two, like there's even NAV out there and all that stuff like that. Yeah. But it doesn't really seem to, it almost feels like it's almost all fluff. Co educate me a little bit on like, where should I be looking to learn more about business credit? Yeah. So Leverage Lifestyle, my course has a course in it called Credit Class. Mm -hmm. um, and that's like the first business I ever started. That's kind of how I had my big break. I taught people how to leverage credit, build income and travel. Um, and we put that inside of Leverage Lifestyle and revamped it and made it really cool. Um, so that teaches you how to basically build up your personal credit file because personal credit is the key to business credit, okay. believe it or not. Um, so if you're going to have a personal guarantee, which pretty much everyone does, unless you're going to you know, start a business and do trade lines and then apply with just the EIN, mm -hmm. uh, it's very hard to do that. You can do it. It just takes a lot of time. Um, but 
for people like you and me, you would want three to five personal cards with two of them having 10K limits or higher. Uh, once you get 10K limits or higher, you're, you know, to banks, you're more trustworthy. Makes it's like, sense. okay, he's got a 10K limit. Obviously, he's doing something right. We can extend him more credit. Um, the other big thing is utilization. You want to have like between like a three to 6% utilization. Uh, wow, that's a lot lower than what I read. Oh yeah. You don't, if you have a 50% or higher, you, you might get the, probably get denied. And if you get approved, you'll probably get like three, like three quarters less than what you should get. Uh, so every time really? you apply for a business card, you want to have three to 6%. So you want to pay that down, uh, huh. f- for business, you want to aim for 0% business cards. Uh, that's basically unsecured debt for 12 months for free. Um, all like you have that. to do is make the minimum monthly payments, which is 1% of your balance. So if you get $75,000 approved at a 0% card, uh, the most you'll owe is, uh, what is it? 750 bucks a month. Uh, and that's it. And there's no interest on that until 12 months has occurred. Uh, and then when the 12 months has occurred, you want to pay that entire thing back before that point. Now your utilization's at zero on that card. Now you apply for another one and you just keep cycling <laughs> in these cards. So right now I have like... This year I got four Business Inc. credit cards. Uh, two of them had like 50K limits. One of them had like a 75K limit. Uh, so, you know, mo- I have like 200 grand this year in 0% money and they all come with 100K sign up, boin- uh, sign up uh, point bonuses too. Uh, and that just equates to free travel. So I have like a 1.3 million points across Amex and Chase right now. And if you know how to leverage those points mm-hmm. and get more, you know, uh, cents per point out of that, you can travel the world for free. So you get free money from the banks. They pay for all your shit. You get to travel for free and you never touch the money in your bank account because you're always earning a return from what you're investing in to pay it off before the interest starts. Life is good. Exactly. So to play, to play it out, if, if I get a business credit card tomorrow for $50,000, mm-hmm. you're telling me to only charge $1,500 on that card and then just Fuck no. stop. No, no, no. Okay, what, do you, no. what are you saying? No, so you're, you're thinking of the personal side. So when you apply for a credit card, mm-hmm. when you apply for a business card, they can see on your FICO, they can see all your balances of personal. Okay. Okay, so if you have a card that's 50%, uh, utilize, mm-hmm. they're going to see, okay, he's using 50% of that card. Let's deny him this business card. Cause he's got a bunch of credit out, but what they don't see is they don't see other business cards. So when you have a business card, business credit separate from personal credit. Okay. So the utilization doesn't show on business cards. There is only no on utilization personal. only on personal businesses okay. want you to use business or business <laughs> banks want you to use business credit cards for balances. Like when you buy equipment, you got you need time to pay that it's shit true. off. That's why they have zero percent. So when you record, when you have fifty grand on the fifty k card, it's not showing a hundred percent utilized. It doesn't show anything. So you can now use that card. But if you're applying for a, another card with that same bank, after the twelve month period's over, you can't leave that full balance on there and apply for another one. Expect to get another big limit. You got to pay it down to zero, okay. then apply for a card. Now you'll get another big limit. So they can see on the business side of that bank, they can see within their internal system if you have other business cards with that bank with balances on it. That makes sense. And on the personal side, obviously the personal side is the foundation that builds up to the business side. And on the personal side, you're recommending that we keep it under what? 6% 6% or lower. 6% or lower. Yeah. But you can use it like, so, so no. So just to clarify, yeah. 
you're saying if I have a $50,000 limit personal card, I can only use 1500 bucks on that 50,000 at all times. No, 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 no. You can use all 50,000, but you have to pay your entire balance in full uh, three to five days before that statement date is due or else it's going to show up on your utilization. True. So you have like okay. 26 days to use whatever the hell you want, pay it off and then boom, it records on your FICO. It'll show 0% utilized. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Three like to five that. days. Everyone needs to go on their phones right now and set auto pay for three to five days before their statement date and your utilization will always show zero. I'm going to put that into practice. I'm going to test it out and yeah, I'm, going to, you, I'm just going to sing this guy's praises as soon as I'm done with that. Um, Cause I know it's funny on the business side, let me lose, but on the personal side, yeah. I'm like, wait, why? Like I just paid this off. Why did it go down 63 points? My, my, my score went down on 63 points the other day because I paid something off. Yeah. Wait. You, you, you didn't pay it off in time. So it probably recorded oh. the balance, even yeah. though you paid it off, it takes like three to five days sometimes to update. So Son you've always got to give it some time. Yeah. Son of a bitch. Mm -hmm. um, so as we wrap up, man, um, what are two things? Actually, I'll ask it a different way. What's something you're looking forward to? Yeah. And what's something you think that we need to pay more attention to? Yeah, I'm just looking forward to the future. Um, I have a very low time preference. So I, I think, you know, all you have to do is build really good habits. Uh, and you just have to stay consistent with those habits. And over time, you're going to hit compound interest with your own life. So comp compounding interest works in the S&P 500 and it also works in your life. Um, so, yeah, I would say... Uh, I'm looking forward to traveling a lot, seeing the world, um, making a ton of money, watching Bitcoin become the global reserve currency. And uh, and yeah, just having fun, man. Uh, I don't really work back to what you said about the work thing. Like I work like four hours a day. Like I don't I don't work too much. I focus on my health a lot, focus on my sleep. I focus on eating well, focus on spending time with my family, my girlfriend, my friends. Um, and yeah, I, I just focus on having fun and just compounding my habits over time because the people that don't have good habits, they're slowly compounding lower mm -hmm. and the people that have good habits slowly compound up. And then eventually you hit that parabolic stage of your life where everything's just going great all the time. You look at all these billionaires and all these people constantly winning. Yeah. Look at Diddy, look at Kanye, look at these people that have just had massive successes over true. and over and over. Do you ever see them really losing unless paparazzi's blowing some shit up that doesn't even matter? Johnny Depp, for example. These guys stay winning because their <laughs> habits do not change. They do the things that got them there in the first place every single day and they do not stop. The people who make all the money in the NBA and the NFL who fall off after a year of making that kind of money, stop doing the things that got them there in the first place so if you don't stop the things that got you there in the first place you will keep winning so just never stop i don't know why as soon as you said that the first thing that came to mind so i went to high school with someone that went straight from high school to the nba yeah and i'm not even gonna say the name but he did really well he had another relative in, in the nba and when i look at the relative still doing amazing still doing great his, his name has nothing but respect and then him, he's in jail. Yeah. And it sucks. Yeah. It really sucks. Cause it's, it, so to go to elaborate on your point and pull on that, it's like, yes, that's exactly what happened. He was, he had this amazing fucking focus. And then he started getting money. The complacency kicked in. Ego kicked in. Yeah. With a little tinge of freaking insecurity. And mm. next thing I know, I'm hearing from his family and friends and everything they're like oh like he's in jail like he's going to jail for x amount of years what yeah and the guy had his whole life ahead of him yeah you know? 
Yeah, well, you, you stay the same as you are before and after money. Money just amplifies who you already were. So oh, if you're, thousand, if you're a shitty person, you're going to be an even shittier person with money. And if you're a good person and you get money, you're going to make the world a better place. Oh, absolutely. That's why, uh, <laughs> that's why I love fuck you money, the whole phrasing of fuck yeah. you money, because it's like, I, I agree. I believe money makes you way more honest. Mm. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. So as we wrap up, I'll start off with this. And then this is the whole idea that I was excited to talk. Uh, it's a common, it's Baltasar Graciana, as I said before, that says dreams will get you nowhere, but a good kick in the pants, ah, that'll take you a long way. So some of the points that we touched on, and I want to just have a summary for you so that if you're watching this recording it, maybe taking notes as we're talking about, the first thing that we started tackling was risk, right? Risk, 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 and how to tackle risk. So if you wanted to, I guess, write this down or run with it, look up something called SWOT, SWOT analysis, strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. Um, it's something you're probably gonna see a bunch of pictures of, but ultimately what you're looking for is who, what, when, where, and how, right? So your strengths, maybe an opportunity strengths, your weaknesses, a market's weaknesses, and so on. And basically dealing with life the way it is, not the way you want it to be, is gonna be super helpful, right? And then after that, we started getting into, first of all, the fact that Colin did not grow up with a slush fund. He didn't have the trust fund waiting for him. In fact, he got really, he got pretty real with us basically. And he was talking about how he was only making less than 40 grand a year, working a stage job and pretty much got cut and fired because he was too ambitious for his own good. Kind of ironic how that works, right? You've probably seen that before. And it also digs into another thing that I would love for you to walk away with, which is that the cost of being first is expensive. It feels it because you get the haters, you get the, the assholes really. Um, but with it, it also kind of gives you this unsurmountable leverage. Mm. Then from there, we started going into assets because we started off with risks. Once you mitigate the risk, minimize them and eliminate them and have everything hunky-dory, he goes into, okay, how do I pick what I'm going to play with? What am I going to put my time, my energy and other banks money, which I'll get into later. But that being said, one of the cool things that he elaborated on was I borrow here, I pay for this, and I keep the difference. And doing that over and over again allows him to be able to play in multiple arenas at all times, only working four hours a day, which is pretty fucking awesome, actually. And then after that, we started getting into, okay, now that I've got this foundation, what am I doing next? Uh, I know if you were to rewind this, uh, he goes in depth even down to where he's getting his information, where he's specifically focusing his efforts, and as well, the assets and resources that he's going to leverage at all times. So as we come to a close with this conversation, I also would love to leave you with a sort of nugget from Colin himself on specifically what you should really take away from this conversation with him. And of course, something that he's looking forward to, as he mentioned was, life man just planned on the line it's okay i understand that right now things are kind of crazy i would be lying to you if i didn't tell you shit is crazy but at the end of the day the optimist yes it's not corny to be optimistic like things could be worse in fact colin comes from a background that had pretty much everything stacked against him and he still saw the silver lining so colin i'm gonna let you t uh, hit everybody with uh, some nuggets of wisdom maybe some words that you live by yeah yeah dude i love the uh that's very cool that you just did that whole recap that's awesome 
Um, and yeah, guys, I would just say, uh, just never give up. I mean, you're only going to fail if you stop. So when you fail, you really just learn and you take those learning lessons and you apply them into the the next stage of your life. So for me, just remember, um, this was a three year journey. Uh, I literally worked every single day, like nonstop since the day I quit my job. I wanted it super hard. I failed my first four businesses before I found my fifth which had to do with credit. Um, so yeah, I mean, if, if you're watching this and you feel like you're meant for something great, but you just can't figure out what it is, trust me, I've been there. It's the hardest feeling, but you will get through it if you don't stop. And usually the breaking point is when you have your hardest obstacle right in front of you, the, the win is on the other side. So like you have to smash through that last final boss of the game and then you usually have a big break and then life gets really fun. But 99% of the people give up at that point. So just remember that and don't give up. Nice. Yeah. Fuck with that heavy. Um, I'm gonna take this opportunity to thank Vegan Gummies and Hands Free Automation for keeping this machine going. Thank you again, Colin. You've been fucking awesome. I, I, I'm taking away a lot from this conversation and I hope to see you back here very soon. Uh, this has been Active Minds where we aim for three things, specifically to learn from people. You know what, no, I'm gonna change it a little bit this time. Here at Active Minds, what we're aiming to do is help you learn from experiences and perspectives of those who have actually paved their own way. So no guru course on how to sell a course. Uh, we're also going to explore how to apply that. And most importantly, we're gonna learn how to move smarter together. This has been KHLC Sarfati for Active Minds. See you on the next one. So guys, as we're wrapping up, we wanna remind you that we have our membership program now available on activemindsclub.com. Activemindsclub.com. Grab yourself a seat. See you there.